Welcome, everyone, to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is the episode of video games that we had to do because the last episode just ended up being movies and video games the whole time. This is not something we're going to uh, – movies and TV This uh, the whole time. This is not something we're going to do on the regular. Uh, it's just, we're trying to get caught up on a lot of things because we just haven't had a chance to talk and we get on the deep. But um, mm. we're, we're going to bump up the format, do a lot less digging into – old shit like signs and war of the worlds and a little bit more uh um get moving along because we got shit to do uh catch us on apple podcasts stitcher google podcasts lots of places you can just go and find us um i found out there's some websites that even grab us uh and just add us without i'm fine with we have it. excellent seo we have excellent seo that's the point so um coming off of that what we didn't get to do last episode was Full schmelz. And so that's what we usually do in the middle of the episode is geek out over our toys and things that we bought recently. So, uh, Rich, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let you go first because I think you've been dying for two whole episodes to share all of your new toys. I, I thought you would never come around here. I thought this was just an elaborate means of torturing me. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Well, I, I'm not sure if you realize or not, but... Um, I have a particular appreciation for a certain character from the Toy Story movies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. known as the Little Green Man or the Three-Eyed Alien or just the Toy Story Alien. The Claw. Yeah. Those guys, yeah. From Mm -hmm. any Pixar movie. Yes. So, um, well, these little guys have grown in popularity ever since Toy Story. True. In no small part, thanks to me, I Mm -hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. I have a massive, massive, massive Little Green Man collection. Yeah. And uh, it grew a little bit when Disney decided to remix their aliens and put them into characters from other Pixar movies' outfits. Oh, wow. So this it's... started with the alien remix, guys. If you're on the YouTube and seeing the visuals here. These are all Funko Pops. Laid out in front of me. These are not. Oh, really? These are just a vinyl alien remix toys where okay. you'll have the alien in the mr incredible outfit mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a buzz Lightyear outfit now these were from a few shows ago the new ones that i got are boo which is down here in front and it's boo from monsters inc yeah and she's dressed as a monster oh wow so got the googly eyes on top so that alien actually has like five eyes it's amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh woody the little cowboy hat guy is new as is anger from 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 uh, inside out inside out yes now all of those were originally in this box here remix an alien remix box that looks a lot like a pizza planet box it does tray awesome so it has all the different ones available on it. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that I have the first five. Very here. nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then on this side are the next five. Now, three of them are represented here, but no, they are not, actually. The ones that I have are not represented on this side. Oh, no. These are the next five I need to get. Okay. So over here we've got Russell. Mm-hmm. Um... The bad guy from Toy Story 3, I can't remember his name now. Mr. Huddles? Cuddles? 
something like that. Yeah. I don't remember. Fuzzy. His belly smells like strawberries. Yes. Um, then there's Heimlich from A Bug's Life. Yes. And then Bing Bong, the imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. And then Nemo. I can get him. These are all must-haves. Must like They are absolutely must-haves. Every single one of oh them. Oh, my gosh. How hard are they to come by? Um, my wife is actually an excellent shopper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she also loves these Alien remixes, mm-hmm. so she's been picking them up as soon as they become available. Nice. She's on, like, three different email alert systems oh. that when they become available in either GameStop, Target, or one of the other avenues that sells them, mm-hmm. she has immediately sent an email that they are in stock, and so she can order them. And these aliens, I mean, for you, they're just a no that's you don't want to live in a reality where you don't have all of these. Correct. So you have them. The little green man has always been very, very important to me. Yes. So now Funko Pop has also gotten on board with this and done them. So I'm going to compare the Funko Pop to the actual alien remix mm-hmm. wait before you open so, that should we invite ellie in real quick for you to open those and then we'll be like thanks and then i'll kick her out i don't need to torture ellie <laughs> no <laughs> so all right now here is the funko pop alien remix of buzz lightyear mm-hmm. okay the globe is intact around its head and everything and I don't think it's coming off. I don't. I don't want to try. Yeah, because you don't know if you can go back. But here's the Alien remix of Buzz Lightyear. Well, which one so do you like more? This one does not have the dome, and it also has the extended wings, whereas the Funko Pop does not. Okay. Okay. Uh, how do you feel? The Are Funko you happy? Funko Pop is actually a bit bigger. So it is definitely bigger. I finally opened a Funko Pop Alien Remix. I'm pretty freaking happy. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I've That's been, good. I've been holding on to opening these for this day. Yeah. Yes. How, how many more are there? Did did she get the complete set then? Is that everything? Is that all of them? For Close. now? There okay. are eight currently available. Mm-hmm. Six of them are here. Okay. The one she didn't get was Dot, which is from A Bug's Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Woody... But Woody is also a 10-inch. Oh, okay. So he's going to be much bigger. Right. Now, unless there's any, like, chase rares or anything, then, yeah, she pretty much nailed it here. Wow. Now, this one is Dory from Finding Nemo. Oh, my God. Dory is adorable. Always. So no hands but fins. And then there's a little tail fin. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Cute. I love it. Awesome. What okay. what else uh, uh what else did you did you uh here comes Zerg. What else did you get? So here's Zerg. Yes. The bad guy from Toy Story 2 in his case this and is... everything. Very menacing, very cool. Okay. Then these three are from up. Yes. So I got Carl, Russell, and Doug. Doug is is a classic. I'm glad they went with all three of the up characters and that they got they yep. got them included in there because they're kind of like pivotal. I guess there is a chase rare one. Uh, does this? Kevin. Oh, okay, okay. 
Is that does that Zerg alien have a massive frown on its face? Too the bad guy one. He does. Is that, he does. That's he funny. Is, he is frowning. <laughs> He's so mad. That, that is hilarious. <laughs> to denote that he is the bad guy. Yeah. I guess. Even though Carl is frowning too, but I think mm-hmm. that's just because Cantankerous is not necessarily the. Villain. Oh yeah, he's just an old man, and that's what they do. Did I tell you I saw Toy Story four? Did I finally watched it? You did not. What did yeah. you think? I forgot to talk about it on the last podcast. We started watching it because we were in the in the podcast, of course, or because we were in the pandemic. Toy Story four was like heartbreaking at the end. It was kind of like, well, I don't know. The whole thing is heartbreaking. It was the only way they could have upped Toy Story three in feels was to uh uh do the the choices make the choices that they made but it was also very like it was uh, ended up being a very happy ending um despite some of the heartbreaking aspects of the entire thing so it was it was definitely good to say the least was it toy story yeah. 3 good i don't know but it was still i mean it's still you can't go wrong with these movies they're just flawless right i mean none of them are none of them really have held it candle to toy story 2 in my mind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're still excellent very very good movies. so very the best movies carl's actually got a lot of swivel in his head here oh does he so he, he can be got his walker so he can turn and be judgmental to other people yes. as an so alien he can turn and look at russell like are you fucking kidding me kid is it is it weird to you that it took them this long to do the to do the aliens um like this in terms of like remixing them with other characters um well based on the way they've been merchandising the aliens mm-hmm. i think that this is the just the next logical step to it okay and i think that the timing is just about perfect because the interest was waning a bit i would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. and it seemed like they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel to find ways to market these guys i see but now they've kind of nailed it with these guys. Like, I love it. Love it. Uh. And there's Doug. <gasps> Doug. They're all Doug over. has the tongue hanging out and the puppy nose. And... Okay, Doug's pretty fucking adorable, too. Yeah, he is. Doug is an adorable dog in real life, too. Yes. In the movie. Awesome. Of these... Of these six Funko Pop ones that I just opened, probably the ones that I'm most surprised by are Dory and Doug. I did not expect to enjoy them as much as I did, but I do. Oh, perfect. Um, my wife's favorite is Carl. She's actually looking for another Carl. Cause he's an old man. He's a grumpy old man, but he's a cute alien, too. So. And he's wearing glasses. And he's got his cane. He's got his cane and his glasses. For oh, all three eyes. Got a great soda badge as well. It's true. So that's perfect. It's, it's amazing how much. It's amazing how much she has recalled from the movie up, considering mm-hmm. we only saw it once. Oh. Very nice. Because let's face it, Up is a very tough movie to go back and watch again. Oh yeah. Those first 10 minutes will hit you so fucking hard. The hardest in the field. Especially especially if you've tried to have children and failed. Yes, especially. Barf. It is 
very emotionally draining if you are unable to conceive and really want to. Yeah. So it's tough to go back and rewatch up. Thus, we haven't. But <laughs> I think that made it much, much, much more impactful because she has recalled more from that movie than any other Pixar movie. Interesting. And we only watched it once. Hmm. I only watched it once because, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I don't want to go back and watch it. That heartbreak again. You got anything else for, for uh, Full Schmaltz? I think I covered everything else on the last one. Okay. All my PS4 acquisitions. Oh, yeah, yeah. You talked about the games that you... Yeah. Uh, did you talk about the games you acquired? Did you pull up the I whole did. stack? Okay, okay. Because you, right. you gave me the brief rundown on them. You told me that Horizon Zero Dawn was the one that I would probably enjoy playing the most. Yes, truth. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to go over here and I'm just going to... Um, change my microphone to my headset so I can walk around. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Still, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to change my microphone in both because um, both Discord and th- this because I ha- I have to be heard. I don't know that my other podcast uh, that my podcast mic would reach if I untangled the cord. So uh, anyone on the video gets to look at my desktop for a second while I while I change my settings here, um, just so I can walk around because. Well, this is the first and probably one of the few times we're we're gonna do a full schmelz of an entire room. Can you still hear me? Yeah, you're okay. much lower, but I can still hear you. Okay, I try and turn up my. Uh, let's see if I can. Is that better? It should be fine. Okay, here we go. We're going. Well, I also, um, I want to make sure everyone can hear me, um, um, too. But you know, these pandemic times are hard, so I can't just bring everything with. But it's probably better that we're doing this long distance because of how much I have to show you. So um, I can't bring an entire room with me, but I can show you from here. Okay, so this is Excitement Inc. HQ. Um, you can see the paintings on the wall. I've had those for a minute. But I rounded out the collection of my Kevin Esslinger paintings because I wanted to get them. They were on sale again. So um, I got my General Grievous, my Emperor Palpatine, and my Darth Maul for the set of Kevin Esslinger paintings. I uh, replaced my Wolverine because he he fell off the wall and got messed up before um, and destroyed, unfortunately. This is uh, the shelf I never got to set up before. Um, because I was always limited on space. This is one of my most favorite posters in the world. Um, this was a Game Informer um, three-issue edition of the the characters that defined a decade. So you've got GLaDOS up there, Andrew Ryan, Master Chief, Shepard from Mass Effect, the Shadow Man from Mass Effect, um, uh, Chloe and Nate it's from... It's super dark. We're barely seeing it. Are, are you really? Okay, well, I'm saying I'm out loud, and most people only listen to this anyway. So this is Fair like enough. an old-school painting style of all basically the decade's worth of characters going into 2010. So it's got GLaDOS from Portal, it's got the Bully from Bully, uh, Kratos from God of War, lots and lots and lots of characters. Uh, Rich, on the end here, it's got, got this guy from Final Fantasy X with a weird uh, neck hood and glasses. His name starts with, like, is his name Oren? Oren, Oren. Does he deserve to be on the top top characters list? Yeah, I would say so. Amongst, there are no other Final Fantasy characters on this on this poster. 
Is he that he, important? He would have earned his place there a lot more than Titus, in my mind. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. He was. He was much more impactful on the story, even though okay. he wasn't the main character. Okay. So for for those of you um, looking at the video, this is my shelf of Funko Pops, along with some Star Wars stuff that I talked about in the Star Wars episode. We're not going to do that over again. Um, this is a C that Christy gave me um, literally years ago. Um, I think she actually shit a brick when we showed her that that is there. This is my newest Funko Pop. This is Minsk and Boo the hamster. And Blue and Boo. Boo. These are, um, if you want to hear some hilarious shit, just go to uh, YouTube and Google Minsk voice lines from Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. He is a uh, strength-oriented ranger uh, whose best friend is a hamster, and he talks to the hamster. Neat. Hamster talks back to him. He is hilarious. He's easily my most favorite character in Baldur's Gate. Actually, probably all of like Dungeons and Dragons lore. So, um, this is a one thing I didn't show off in the Star Wars um, episode is the thermal detonator sodas from Star Wars Land. We saved nice. these. This is a Coca Cola, and this is a Sprite. Nice. Right here. They're reusing uh, those. Do you remember when the prequels were out? They actually did that? No. They actually widely released those when the prequels were out. Oh, I didn't know that. I remember those. Um, I lucked out at the uh, thrift store, and I, I purchased the book Wicked and Son of a Witch just because I heard they were so good. I'm probably going to read those. Where I really lucked out, this is where I like to brag, I found Volume 1 of the Aliens vs. Predator Omnibus. For... Nice. Is that the graphic novel? Yes. Four bucks. Yeah. Sweet. That's a kill. Because when you go on Amazon to purchase the same thing, it goes for uh, $40 minimum. Right. Yes. Nice. Now, this is the fun part because I, I haven't gotten to play with very many Legos in the past. Because I've been afraid I was getting my cats were going to knock them down. But mm -hmm. I have a shelf. It's very high. It's put away from the cats. So I started purchasing Legos. And Daniel is back in the Lego nice. game. Nice. These are all Overwatch Legos. Nice. With tons of minifigs. There's only one I'm missing out of this entire set. So we've got Bastion. He can actually turn into a uh, turret too. And he might jump. Nice. Up there. He's got the light up face. We've got uh three tanks. We've got Diva in the back, Reinhardt here, and then um uh uh hamster ball in the back wrecking ball. He's a little uh he's got a little hamster thing there and he can pop up out of his thing and you can also roll him up into a ball, which is super cool. Um this is my R two unit that I showed off in the last podcast. Um I've got a little Japan set over here, um Hanamura. And then behind it is the rocket ship from Gibraltar and nice. a big old Winston to go with it. So I started my collection. Really, Pepper? Really, dude? My cats are nuts. Um, I started the collection and it got and it got um, it got bigger. It just kept going. You know? that, that tends to happen. Yeah. Ten tends to happen when you have two working adults in the same house and you can not only afford uh, uh, r rent but you can afford to 
spend money on toys again. Um, it was a hard grind, but we're here now. And that's why my wall looks like this. These are all the posters representing my likes in. Well, Back to the Future is represented. That's important. That's that's super important, right? So I've got I've got Diablo three up there. I've got Back to the Future, Resident Evil four, The Last Jedi, um, uh, The Dark Knight, the the promo that that teaser poster of the Joker meant a lot to me. Um, the first imagery of Heath Ledger as the Joker, and he ended up nailing it too. So remember my name, uh, Walt White. Breaking Bad poster, Return of the Jedi, which was easily the one um, pr uh, starter trilogy that uh, the original trilogy movie that influenced my taste the most, and it was uh, it was Green Lightsaber Luke. So nice. I'm kind of going nuts in here, but that's probably not the craziest development. This is the snare drum of my drum set. Your drum set. I purchased a drum you, set again. You purchased a new drum set. I did. Nice. I'm going back to playing the drum set because, admittedly, I miss it. I miss nice. it a lot. I was kind of prioritizing. Well, I live in an apartment, and and how I was gonna do this because uh, I was like, okay, I'll guess I'll just save up for an electric kit. But then if I want to play acoustic, I'm not gonna be able to. But I actually, through some like researching, figured out that you can actually purchase uh, mesh drum heads that come on the electric drum kits and attach sensors to the uh, uh, mesh heads on real drums. So. I can turn this into an electric drum set that's going to be virtually silent. Easy nice. peasy. Uh, I was waiting to jump on it until I found the right deal, but something that I came across was this kit specifically, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, you can see this kind of um, oyster pearlescent uh, kit view um, in the yep. picture. This is the drum set that I had to sell to make rent and thus ended nice. my drumming career. I looked for it initially and couldn't find it anywhere, so it got discontinued. I love it because it's got custom sizes, and for a low-end kit, it actually sounds really, really good. Um, the, the bass drum itself is a size that makes it more like a cannon from a pirate ship than, a, than a, just a typical bass drum nice. and it has high-end quality factors that change it quite a bit so i couldn't find it and then i started perusing the uh, uh the web for whatever reason one day and i found it it was right there for a killer deal nevertheless um nice. It is a full kit. I need to get more things for it, but if I wanted to set it up and um, wake up my entire uh, apartment building right now, I could. And it was pretty cheap considering um, the cases it's themselves are a quarter of the price that I paid. So it was a killer deal Did that I found. Did you get it back for the price you sold it for? Um... Almost. Nice. Actually. So 
it, that's it, the key right there yeah i almost broke even in a way but it was stretched over time so much that um that it didn't work flawlessly but right the important part is is that i do have a start and Excellent. i was able to find my old kit that i was in love with and adored in the first place nice it is essentially a win-win win-win-win situation yeah yeah also got a laptop but that's not entirely important. I, would, I would love to say that i'm on board but i honestly have no interest in ever picking up a tuba again that's okay so would, would you pick up a tuba to to um here i go bringing wdmr stuff into this podcast again would you pick up a tuba to do the idiot walk theme to the uh uh um a kkk march have you seen the video of this i have not but i'm familiar with the idiot walk uh theme. yes so there's actually uh uh uh, video online there was a guy who took a tuba to a kkk rally it was a pro-trump rally and there were a bunch of guys with you know white america stuff and a guy in a tuba walked on the sidewalk next to the street that they were walking <laughs> and played da 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 it was amazing as these are these yeah. are the heroes of america that let I've them know exactly what before. we think yeah exactly so it was perfect it was awesome it was hilarious um, that's all I've got for full schmelz. I went as fast as I could because we still have games to talk about. You know what I mean? We've got so, so much to talk about. We got to just keep playing on here. So yeah, basically we do. So, very cool room. Very cool stuff. Can't wait till we're back in person so I can see it all firsthand <laughs> while we record. So you can come in and just touch all my shit. <laughs> what is I this? Be like you know what? These Legos are cool. All into one. <laughs> you get this massive back. <laughs> anyway all right, <laughs> okay well um that's i mean that's essentially all i've got i've got an extra i've got a couple extra minifigs i'm gonna bring over just because um Neat. from the overwatch chat but i mean I've, i'm well represented in this room um it's it's i, I told sarah uh when we moved in i said all I, she's like well, can i do this to the house can i do this to the house and i said i tell you what you can do whatever you want to the house if i can have that office to myself and she said deal 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 hard deal that is why the bathroom that is connected to this room is adorned with sunflowers. <laughs> still looks yes. cool, though. It still looks cool. Yeah. Live, it, live yeah. in the dream, finally. Live in the dream. But I digress. What video games have you had the opportunity to play since we last podcasted? Since we last podcast, I mm-hmm. have dipped into Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh-huh. Ooh, there you go. And I'm, I got maybe two hours on it so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very fun. It's very cool. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Um, I'm enjoying the intrigue of the metal animals that you have to hunt, and the history of their origins really? being teased so far. And just the whole tribal element being that they're a society of matriarchs. This is a very, very interesting game just in the first two hours. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. only played it for two hours. And already the story has engrossed me. Yes. Now, I picked the hard difficulty setting. Now, there are several 
different levels of difficulty on this game, which I appreciate. The mm -hmm. first one being story, where you barely have combat. It's all story, so you can play through and get the story. And then there's easy, so that it's a little bit above the story. And then there's the normal, which is, you know, you've got a nice mix of combat and, you know, story. And then there's hard, which is the one I picked, which is it's a little bit more challenging as far as combat goes. Yes. Still keeps you in the story. And I think it, it enables you to kind of dig into the analysis of the role-playing elements of the game. Right. So um, you'll be yeah, able to Yeah, I don't know that. what I'm doing as far as the skill tree yet, but I've been introduced to the skill tree on it. So this is, and this is something games have been doing for a while now, so it's not necessarily breaking ground there. Yes. The more groundbreaking thing on it is the story and how these elements affect a matriarchal tribal society yeah. that has to deal with metal monsters, robotic it... monsters. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 definitely interesting. It seems like it's going to be fun. I can't wait to play it some more, but the Borderlands keep calling. They keep calling. And you. so I just I just keep playing Borderlands 2. I can't say that I blame I you. Am, no, I am. I've just hit the Uridium Blight with uh, Krieg on oh, the Switch. There you go. There you go. Now, Krieg is the most challenging of the Vault Hunters that I've played so far. Oh, yeah? And Numbers hurt my he, brain. He's hilarious. Yes, he He's is. absolutely great. Mm -hmm. But his his skill tree is challenging when it comes to bosses. Yeah. Especially because of his action skill. Yes. So, um, I actually made it through the bunker. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. With him, which mm -hmm. surprised me because that's, that's one where you can't melee at all. Mm -hmm. Now, any boss that I was able to melee, it was, short work because he whoops out a big old buzzsaw and you have to run in yeah which is the essentially thing... brick from the first game yeah the only thing is that you know, there's one act there's one uh portion of his skill tree mm -hmm. that it will ramp up your melee damage and i mean ramp it up yep. it is massive he mm -hmm. will swing that buzz axe and deal more damage than a critical hit with a sniper rifle will yes he, he will wail something. Mm -hmm. But there's a 12% chance that he'll whack himself. Oh, God. Now, when your shields are depleted mm -hmm. and your health is getting low and you activate that action skill, and the action skill is the buzzsaw rampage where he's just swinging for super damage, and if yes. he kills something, then it completely refills his health. Mm -hmm. And he's just... And he can throw the buzzsaw. It's amazing. But if you hit that 12% <laughs> where you wing yourself, yes, yeah, it's going to cost you a couple grand to respawn mm -hmm. and have to mm -hmm. head back. So that's frustrating. And that's, that's where I'm at in Borderlands 2 right now. Fair enough. Is just dealing with Krieg. But it's... His penchant to whack himself with his fucking melee attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, it's, it's insane to me that you picked up Borderlands 2 and, like, instead of beating it and moving on to the others, 
you're literally trying to 100% it. And this is what you get, do with games you clearly adore, right? But, like, it's... I did not expect you to try, just try and 100% with all these characters. Like, <laughs> it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. I, do, I don't think anybody did. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's such a well-designed game mm-hmm. that you don't mind replaying it with a different character because the differences in the action skills mm-hmm. are so vast they really that are. it is like playing a completely different game when you're playing with a different character. You're not wrong. I mean, the a lot of the weapons are the same. Mm-hmm. The, the weapon options don't vary in a massive amount, but that those action skills are game changers. Yeah. So that's, that's all that, that's that's all that matters yeah. is that it, it it feels different. It has something for you to go back to every time. So uh, I don't know. I just yep. I, I I still have yet to play the pre sequel. I think that's the only one that I haven't played and beat. There's a new DLC for Borderlands Three that came out, but Sarah and I haven't gotten around to starting yet. Um, if you're finished, I'll use that as a segue. Yeah, absolutely. For for my games, which is uh what we did start playing because we weren't playing borderlands 3 was uh sea of thieves again again and here's this why this is like the third time you've gone back to this it's true it? no it is the third time uh that's because the game yeah. finally is finished <laughs> it feels good nice. like it's it's the biggest issue with the game is that like they released it early early on and i mean granted i played when the alpha first came out so I was probably in the first thousand people to play Sea of Thieves, but that was when it didn't have anything. And then when the game actually released like a year and a half later and I couldn't tell the difference, I was really disappointed. Um, but I think it's been two years since that point. And Sea of Thieves is chock full of content now. I mean, there's so much content in this game um, that it it it's got lots of replayability it's one of those get good games now um just because if you aren't on your a game your your ship will get sunk and you will lose all of your shit basically but they've added in new mechanics to help you keep up with things that like might end shittily right so they have rowboats now that you can attach to your ships um where if you get sunk you can throw all of your treasure in the rowboat and then have someone go to the new ship and come back to the robo so you're not as at risk of losing hours worth of gameplay of treasure that you're selling uh they have shops now where you can buy all kinds of weapons all kinds of items um i'm not ashamed to admit that i spent real money on a microtransaction in this game oh wow i spent five dollars to have a monkey sarah bought five dollars to have a cat and our cat and our monkey follow us around. They dance when we play music. They will stay wherever you pick them up and put them down. But if you put them down uh, behind you instead of on a bed or on a shelf or in a cage or on a ledge, uh, they will follow you around everywhere, including on the island. You can hold them and pet them. You can hold them out. And a rando you meet online can pet your monkey. Excellent. That's the I meant what I said. So 
exactly right and then sarah's got a cat so she can just hand out her pussy to whichever stranger she meets online so sea of thieves in it's in it's uh prime primordial state here is is very very entertaining so like i'm i'm glad that it's finished now because we always saw this potential in it um the quests are awesome the pc cross xbox play is awesome and um because of the amount of xbox and pcs i have in my house i could set up a four-player match nice so it it's really grown and it it sucks because video game development has changed quite a bit on the new price tag on games is probably going to be 70 dollars going to this next generation to adjust for the uh inflation over time of the economy but without getting into that uh it i'm glad sea of thieves is like finished now i wish there was more to it when it first released and i think that's something that they'll probably take into mind is that maybe just delay it another year it's fine like if that's what you need you know um have an early access program where you only charge 40 bucks instead of full price for a game and then make that new content dlc if you have to so if you need the income at least do it fairly you know but um at least at least it wasn't betting on the wrong horse for people to spend full price on this game because now they have um, megalodons that'll chase a ship there's all kinds of content updates they have a new ghost ship update that i've done a couple of times and got a ton of treasure out of um what was scary is when we had two hours worth of, of battling a ghost fleet and on our way back a kraken stops our ship and tentacles rise out of the water and start throttling us picking us up throwing us around the water turns black with ink <clears throat> and we still survived that it was earned and it was really it was really fun for that matter so um nice it's come full circle it's come full, full circle and it's really nice i beat Excellent. i beat final fantasy 7 remake yeah you brought that up last time and you were like do you intend to play it because i don't want to spoil well i do intend to play it but not immediately so you can go ahead and spoil okay um spoilers for final fantasy 7 for those of you who don't already know for a game that's been out for about three months now uh three or four months no three months so i'll tell you this they introduce an aspect to the game that i was a little annoyed at there were hooded ghosts that started showing up every time the story would deviate from what uh the original game was and i thought oh god are these like meta ghosts gonna like throw a fit because we aren't like steering straight and because it's a remake right and this this is literally like the first quarter of the game inside of this if not first third i think i mean when do you leave midgar in the original final fantasy is that like the first quarter of the game or the first third do you think it's tough to remember okay Honestly, I played Final Fantasy seven for about three hours twenty years ago. Oh, I thought you like had beat it. My bad. I was I, assuming. No, I played. I loved. I love Final Fantasy. Yes. I played the shit out of Final Fantasy one and Final Fantasy ten and Final Fantasy ten two. Okay, so you the just other ones kind of hit and miss okay fair enough so so i have a familiarity with it but yeah. i haven't played it as in depth okay 
Uh, to give you an idea of how hard this game was um, on normal, I didn't um, realize. So I, as you use materials in your weapons that allow you to use magics, they level up from fire, fire to fire aga kind of things. And I didn't realize until I had a spell that had different effects on different tiers um, how to use them. So I didn't notice on the D-pad that you had to cycle left and right. I didn't use high-powered spells until, like, the last fifth of the game, last sixth of the game. So it's not hard. It's just not that hard of a game. On hard mode, it'll probably come in handy to use those things, but I was trying to switch from how to use a slow um, or, like, a haste spell to a slow spell to slow my enemies down, and I was like, why is this not popping up if I leveled it up? And then I went left and right, and I was like, oh, oh, and then I went up to fire, and then I went over, and it was fire, fire, and I was like, this is how I use, like, high power, except I was doing fine just using normal spells the entirety of the game. So it's got depth if you want it, if you... Honestly, if you want the right experience, if you want like just a more traditional Final Fantasy experience, I would say you should probably play it on hard just because it was not it wasn't hard to play. It like did I have some hard boss fights? Yeah, because boss fights are always hard and a, a little grueling, but um I honestly would have beat them first try if I knew how to use high level spells. Final Fantasy games typically are not hard. They're just long. Yeah. Like, you can, if you grind enough, you'll breeze through the game. It's true. It's true. So, so. but that's that's the essence of mm -hmm. a Final Fantasy game is mm -hmm. there is a significant portion of your gameplay that is devoted to grinding. And you just have to accept that. And the cool thing is that the gameplay is at its core just like, you know, you watch Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which is like one of the best video game movies ever made. It's like an hour and a half of like fight scenes, but it's still dope. It feels yeah. like that. You feel as cool as a Japanese anime anime fighter when you're playing the game. So, which is something that Final Fantasy 15 was pretty good at too. So, um, yeah. despite the fact that they didn't finish that game, this game they were aware of their scope. They took that into mind. And I, what I said on the last podcast is that like I was close to beating it, and like I didn't understand the complaints about it. Um, and I still don't. I thought it was plenty fun. So. Yeah. I, I just I thought it was plenty fun. So uh, what got increasingly interesting is, despite the fact that I haven't entire like played Final Fantasy VII in its entirety, I do know the events of all the other things because I watch Advent Children. So I know that another spoiler, guys, Aerith dies. Um, everyone knows that at this point, though, for like a, what a two decade old game plus. Um, we know Aerith dies. We know. Um, um, Crisis Core is the prequel of a soldier that died um, getting clouded into the city. Uh, we know that Sephiroth was a problem and all of these things. So when these meta-ghosts starts coming in and start throwing a fit, they, they you know, get really out of hand um, and they're intervening. And you're like, what is going on here? Because you have to fight the meta-ghosts too in a couple of fights. And... They look like Dementors, basically, just more like uh, a mix between Doctor Strange's uh, cloak and, and <laughs> Dementors, because they're just hoods. So they try to intervene in a lot of things, and then you get to the end of the game, finally. Um, Sephiroth appears a lot more, because you can't, you can't do a Final Fantasy VII game and not fight Sephiroth. You just can't. And he steals... Genova early on, which I heard is a large difference from the original game. 
and I was like, okay, and they're like, these these ghosts are not letting you do things differently. Like, they throw a fit whenever you try to do something different. So they're chasing you out of the city in the uh, motorcycle race to the end of the game. And you come to a halt at the end of the highway, and Aerith turns back and looks at you. And Aerith's been highly aware of something going on the entire time that you've been playing the game. And she talks about how these ghosts basically are supposed to steer straight the the uh, uh, the fate of things that are supposed to happen. So that's probably why when Sephiroth uh, stabs Barrett right through the chest for trying to stop him and Barrett dies, the ghosts inherit his body and bring him back to life because Barrett isn't supposed to die there. And you get to the end of the game, and while you're on your way out of the city, the meta ghosts explode out of the ground and they chase you to the edge of the city. And Sephiroth appears while you're on your way out, and you come to a like a sudden stop. It was actually like kind of a jump scare. It scared me because I was like, "Am I really gonna beat this game without fighting Sephiroth?" And then Sephiroth appears at the end of the highway and a zoom in. I was like, "Fuck!" And then he, the cloud skitters to a stop. And then, and then he talks to Cloud, and he says, you can change fate. You can change what's supposed to happen if you come with me. And then he he basically cuts a portal through the Metaghost wall, because at this point they're just a flurry of, of, of beings. And he cuts cuts a portal into the wall, and Aerith, Aerith says, you can go if you want, but you have to be aware that this is going to change everything. There are things in line for the way the future works. And this is going to change things in ways that that are um, – she said this is going to alter our lives like none other. And then you get the option to say yes or no. And then she opens up her own portal, and it's all white. And she's like, are we doing this? And you say yes, and then you strap up, and then you walk through the portal. And then you reload the game and walk through the other portal. <laughs> <laughs> right, basically. No, um, what happens is uh, Dusty Midgar from the outside, because it's surrounded by a desert, you know, and you're on a cliff. And you see this giant orb surrounding. It's the shield of, of um, Metaghosts. And mm-hmm. on the cliff, you see soldier boots walk up to the cliff. And Zach Fair says, I wonder what's happening in there right now. For those of you listening, yeah, Rich just covered his mouth. Yeah, I also burped, but that's still cool. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. So a big ornamental piece of Final Fantasy VII is that character who who dies to save Cloud. Um, he dies getting Cloud to the city. And then after you fight the giant Metaghost battle and Sephiroth tries to intervene to make Cloud join his side before he inevitably goes into the future to de- defeat Sephiroth. Um, and Sephiroth is highly aware of the future like Aerith is. And you fight him. And it's really funny 
because uh, when Aerith shows up to help you fight him, she shows up. And she's like, "Let's let's beat this asshole's ass!" Like <laughs> she's talking that shit, and he's the one who kills her in the original game. So yeah. she shows up, and she's like, "She's like, let's beat this asshole," which had me LOL. And but um, then then you uh, you beat the game, and the the last cutscene is Zach going, "Oh, that's all the soldiers? Okay." And he puts Cloud up on his shoulder and starts walking towards Midgar. And you walk through Cloud and Aerith as they're walking out. And Aerith turns and she can see that Zack Fair is walking through an alternate reality into Midgar where he survived. Nice. So as someone who plays Crisis Core actively, <laughs> what do you think of that? That's, that's dope. Isn't it? it? That's super cool. I thought that was super right. cool too. Yeah. I was like, okay, they're like, they're not, this isn't a remake. This is like a remake, but it's not, it's a remake. Yeah. But I'm they're about remaking to replay. it. I'm, I'm about to go back and play Crisis Core again on mm-hmm. my PSP. Because I just got a fresh battery for it after the old battery swelled and nearly Almost destroyed exploded. my PSP. Yep, yep, yep. So, so, um, yeah, Final Fantasy was, it was good. If not for Ghost of Tsushima, which releases next week, and, uh, uh, the last of us part two it might have actually had a shot at like game of the year um i played a little bit of valorant which is a new um competitive scene game it's like if if uh counter-strike go introduced overwatch mechanics um it's it's really okay (laughs) that's it Um, there is a streamer that I watch on Twitch that jumped from Fortnite to Valorant. Yes. It's so exploding a little it, bit. It looked very similar to Fortnite because at first I didn't know there was any difference. Truth. Um, then again, I'm not watching the gameplay. I'm watching her boobs. That's, you know. Uh, then I started the Resident Evil 3 remake. I played the Resident Evil 2 remake and I liked it. The Resident Evil 3 remake kind of drops you into a very like fast and strenuous environment where it really encourages you to run from everything. And then I kind of hit this roadblock where like, well, first of all, there's so many zombies, there's no point fighting them. Um, the yeah. mechanics are still different from RE2, which really sucks because they were being made at the same time in the same engine with the same art style, with the same... They're basically the same game, and it's supposed to be a sequel, but they take away a lot of the aspects, uh, so I don't even know if I'm going to finish it, because a big part of the second game was, like, there were core mechanics where if you shot a zombie in the leg enough, like, the leg would get chopped off. It's like taking an AK-47 to a tree. Eventually, you're going to punch through that tree completely. You're going to cut through it. But when the... uh, uh, when you're playing Resident Evil 3 and those mechanics don't work anymore, like, I went for leg shots, and it did nothing. Like, I would shoot a zombie in the leg six times, and then it would reach me and bite me. So the departure and the fact that it looks like it should play the exact same way, just with a, you know, just more different story, it didn't. And I was so it took me, like, a seriously, like, a solid restart. And then I got to a new section where I'm going to have to kill the things that are coming at me. There's these sewer monsters, like frog things, coming to eat me. And I'm going to have to kill them after running from 97% of my enemies before. That I'm, I'm confused what to do in the game. I don't know what to do because the game mechanics are not consistent with, A, the game that came out a year ago-ish. 
that looks the exact same and is is the predecessor and b because the game design in its own whether or not it plays like the last one is still unforgiving and very confusing in the way that like okay so you clearly want me to run from the thousands of zombies i'm trapped with a couple of them okay hopefully these leg shots work oh i guess they don't work okay i'll shoot them in the head and then i kill a couple and then i'm like okay cool and i start walking back and then nemesis appears and he's gonna chase me all throughout the street of these zombies so it's just like it's uh, now it's an obstacle course but i am running again so it's it's confusing me as to what i'm supposed to do in the game do i fight this one do i run from this one am i gonna run out of ammo if i don't run from this one so i i shot when i was like okay i'll turn and run and another one appeared in front of me and i'm like oh so i clearly have to kill you to advance because you are going to one hit me and eat me in one bite yeah it was just frustrating i hate when games do that yeah i don't like when game mechanics aren't straightforward in terms of like what they expect out of the player a player should not be in the game and be like okay well i can try this um you know, first of all, a player should not walk into a game after such a, a, a precedent was set in the first one of this is how you play it. And then you get in and it's not the same. It looks the same, but it's not the same. And then inside of it to have a, a mixed message of do you run or do you fight? So it's one of those things that's frustrating because you don't know without dying what you're supposed to do. And it really right. it ruins the momentum when I have to reload in the game every time I die for something I thought I was supposed to be doing. But I digress. Um, I haven't played a ton of games. That's kind of like all I have uh, uh, for this right now. I haven't I haven't played Iron, Iron Man VR yet. I want to, but I just uh, I haven't gotten around to doing these things. Plus, Ghost of Tsushima comes out next week. What I really want to do is go back and play The Last of Us Part Two again. Yeah, I've got a stack of games over here, and I'm just itching to turn on Borderlands 2 again. So I, I feel you. Yeah. I get it. That's a real problem. Hey, uh, Super Nintendo Land is a thing. It's finished in Japan. It's amazing. You see it the pictures? So I'm looking at the pictures, and it's just – it looks gorgeous. <laughs> I can I can tell you a scoop I have. I have Insider Scoop. What's the poop? Scoop? I can't name who. Um, cause I think he shared over lunch. He was probably on ND, NDA. Um, so okay. I can't, I can't name who, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, but I've, I've worked in the last year with some people in the game industry, um, and doing, doing video work. And one of them over lunch was talking about, uh, uh, we, we got on the subject of Super Nintendo Land and he said, oh yeah, since I'm in gaming and I have this degree, they actually, uh, flew me out to Japan to consult on some rides Ooh. and so he said while he was there it was it, it was his job to check the fidelity of a roller coaster where you uh at one point circle donkey kong and he's ground pounding the floor and you can feel the reverberation and you feel like he's trying to shake excellent. you off of the coaster so um yes excellent is correct it looks so cool. Now, my question is this is this going to be the next Legoland? Is this going to be the next there were three rides here done in a day, I'm out. <laughs> like cool, there's there's about 90% souvenirs and 10% rides, I'm leaving. <laughs> also, they're making one at Universal well, Studios in California here soon or Florida, one of the yeah, two. Yeah, they they're doing one they're proposing one for each. Yeah. 
So, since you mentioned that it was done in Japan, I have been like, ooh, let's see it in Japan. And then, ooh, let's see some of the uh, the teasers for what's coming. Yeah. And it's been proposed for Florida and uh, California. Yes. Um, the The map I'm looking at here looks looks uh pretty pretty awesome it looks awesome it looks kind of tiny to me looks like there's three rides at the most like we know there's a mario kart ride which is exciting um of course they're going to be employing new technology just like star wars land and how awesome that is but i think the ones in universal in california are going to be bigger because in the mock-ups that they have there is the mushroom kingdom which you see in japan but um and they might have just made that quickly before they moved on but um something in america that isn't seen in the mock-ups and clearly something that's done because of uh who i spoke to is that they have a donkey kong country section of nintendo land that they're also going to build yep now i'm not sure if all of these are going to have rides but it looks like they've got representation on this on this little teaser that i'm looking at they've got yoshi's island Mm mm-hmm Luigi's Mansion, Truth, uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, The Ride, Donkey Kong Country, mm-hmm. Kirby's Dreamland, Super Smash Bros. Coliseum, Super Mario Galaxy, right next to the Mushroom Kingdom. Weird. The Mario Kart Speedway, McLeod's, that's Fox McLeod for the yes, Star Fox people. Yes, it is. Um, Hyrule. And Pokemon Kanto. Where did you find so this? It looked, this is just in a Google search. It was oldschoolgamermagazine.com. So, and this isn't, this might just be a mock-up. This might not be <clears throat> the definitive plans. Yeah. I mean, they'd be smart to do it all like this. Yeah. And like I said, not yet every section needs a ride. Yeah. Like, if Donkey Kong Country had a ride, um, Captain Toad had a ride, Wario's Gold Mine, mm-hmm. and the Mario Kart Speedway. Yes. that That's enough rides that the rest could just be, like, attractions, like, just, just aesthetics, really. Yeah. Like, if you go to Yoshi's Island and just see, like, a shitload of Yoshis all around, eggs everywhere, that would probably be enough. And you could have a restaurant and a souvenir shop there. You're set. What I heard is that you can actually, if you take your Switch with you, you can get, um, it's interactive with your Switch when you take it. Um Along with, uh, they have wearable bracelets, of course, that let you do things. Oh, shit. It looks like it's intera- it, it'll interact with your DSi. Yep, that too. All it'll, the above. It'll interact with your 3DS because there's a street pass right there. Yep. Let me tell you, of all the features of the 3DS, my favorite thing is probably the street pass. That is always cool, too, yeah. Where if you just have your if you just have yours on but closed so it's in sleep mode, mm-hmm. somebody walk past somebody else who also has theirs on just in sleep mode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you will pick them up on your 3ds 
and then they're available the street pass for any of the different functions and different games that utilize street pass truth like link between worlds did that where you could battle shadow links based off of who you passed on your street pass yes it was it was super freaking cool I actually, I actually took my when I was real heavy into Link Between Worlds. I took my 3DS in my pocket mm-hmm. to a kids choir recital type thing. Yes, friend, our friend's kid was in it. Right, and I took it with me. We went to dinner afterwards. Still had it with me. I got home. I had 15 Street Pass encounters. <laughs> that was like my max ever. I was like, that is awesome, and I got to fight. 15 different shadow links what it was cool as shit it sounds cool as shit now if they utilize that in nintendo land yeah that's that's, that's super fucking cool yes it is i would almost prefer that over the switch because if i'm going to bring a portable gaming system into a theme park it's not going to be the switch just because I worry about breaking it, losing it, smashing a Joy-Con in my pocket because I had to go on this ride. Sure, yeah. I could see that. I'm not going to worry about that. any of this shit with my 3DS. <laughs> Either way, it works. It's It, it would have been open by now if not for the pandemic. So we got we just got to wait and see. We got, yeah. only, only time will tell as to when we get to really like uh, – how gimmicky this might be or how realistic it is so well i think they're gonna push it they're gonna they're going to see its popularity in japan before they actually break ground here yeah here there i guarantee you in orlando they're already securing the permits and they've started the land reinforcement yes because that's the main issue with building in florida is that it's at or below sea level so you can't go too deep without hitting water so they have to build up oh i didn't know that like the they have graded the magic kingdom for disney they've graded it so well that you can't even tell but by the time you get to the castle in the center of the magic kingdom Mm -hmm. you are essentially on the fourth floor of a building Oh, wow. Clever. Yeah, because they've got all the tunnels and everything underneath. Right. So that you don't see the cowboy walking through Tomorrowland to get to Frontierland like you mm-hmm. do in California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's the series of dun- tunnels and there's everything underground of right. the parks. But it's actually like the first and second story of a building and everything that we're experiencing is actually on the fourth or fifth story so i'm just that's how hmm? i'm i'm super ready for this that's all i'm saying oh i'm stupid amped for this uh you know what else Uh, uh, what especially if they utilize pokestops yep you're not wrong pokemon uh what would you uh I was about to say, if you could, like, collect Pokeballs and walk around with Pokeballs, that would be fun. Um, it depends on how many properties they introduce, because really, like, the more rides you introduce, the more the park costs. Um, companies are a lot 
I hate to say it, companies lean a lot more towards cash grabs these days than they do quality products um, for the most part. So I don't know. I'm afraid it's going to be like a super short cash grab. Um, Universal Studios has never really like impressed me a ton. So I guess we just got to wait and see. There's no way to tell. Well, if you think about it, Harry Potter mm-hmm. section or the Wizarding World mm-hmm. in Universal Studios only has four rides. Truth. But that is the most frequented part of Universal Studios. Also it's a not massive wrong. cash cow for them. And there's only four attractions in there. Yes. The rest of it is aesthetics. They could easily do the same thing with Nintendo Land. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be ride heavy. It doesn't have to be roller coaster heavy. No. It's just gotta nail that aesthetic. And it, from this mock up, it looks like they're nailing it. I would I would have to agree with you. Especially if they hide Pokemon everywhere. <laughs> they hide Yoshis everywhere. Cause Disneyland, all over Disneyland and Disney World, there are hidden Mickeys. Truth. And people are always on the lookout for the hidden Mickeys. Yeah. Most people, there's like this whole subgroup of people that have season passes for Disney World and Disneyland that never touch a ride. All they do is hunt hidden Mickeys. It's true. That's good shit. So if they did that shit, if they if they had all 151 Pokemon hidden everywhere in that park. Oh. You don't even need the rides. No. So there's ways to add value is what you're saying. Right. Yes. There's different things that will appeal to different people that will still make this massively profitable. Yes. Mainly for aesthetic. I mean, as a lifelong Nintendo fan, mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward to walking around the Mushroom Kingdom. I could give a fuck about riding a ride in Donkey Kong Country or hopping on a Mario Kart Speedway or any of that. I would go just to walk around Hyrule and see the Mushroom Kingdom. Fair enough. It's They've atmosphere. Got their price of admission from me. It's yeah. at, it's, it's atmosphere. Aesthetic. Yeah. Oh, hey. Uh, Eli yeah. Eli Roth is is directing a Borderlands movie. Okay. And it's super real. It's happening. Okay. Produced by Lionsgate. They just casted Lilith the Siren. Kate Blanchett will play L- Lilith the Siren. Uh, and Eli Roth wants to cast fans of Borderlands and cosplayers as psychos that get murdered in the in the uh, movie. Not a bad idea. What are your thoughts as a newly minted uh, Borderlands fan? Okay, as a as a newbie to the Borderlands fan, but one who has fully immersed himself in the second Borderlands, anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that casting Kate Blanchett as Lilith is a miscast. Yes. I don't think that she is the right choice for that part. Yeah. Um, I think she's a little too... A little too androgynous for it. Yes. 
that's that's just a kind of personal taste type thing um she seems in the game to my experience she seems to be a badass on her own but also a prospective love interest to roland mm -hmm. and i've seen kate blanchett try to be a love interest in a movie before and mm -hmm. i was not impressed i see i think it was a hard miss for her i don't think that's her strong point now i think her being a badass is one of her strong points i think she could pull it off yes if they lose that romantic interest with roland part if they completely bypass that i think that she could nail lilith i think, the, I think the quality of their relationship in borderlands is something that's always it's always been uh, behind closed doors so i don't think we would have to worry about them blowing it up too much in borderlands i think it was it was more of a um Lilith is like, well, there's no one else to get it on with, so like, what would I, <laughs> why not, kind of thing, you know? So, okay. Um, more than anything, as as we look through the list, uh, uh, on one one side of the spectrum, it looks like it's specifically going to adapt to Borderlands One, and then they might save Handsome Jack for a second movie because this, I mean, assumingly will be highly, um, highly interesting, but. Uh, the the nice thing is that like what i'm reading here the movie was originally going to be absolute garbage uh the the premise of it was going to find uh legendary thief lilith in the atlas corporation space prison when the ceo gives her a chance to earn her freedom by rescuing his daughter the foul-mouthed tiny tina on the planet of pandora when the girl is the key to unlocking a valuable alien vault that atlas wants all for itself it, the mission takes an unexpected turn that isn't the worst plot idea in my mind um and it's a lot it's a lot more straightforward than um it's a lot more interesting than just the straightforward borderlands premise where the borderlands are just racing for a vault or whatever you know what i mean um i feel like this would be a really clever way to to, to have um tiny tina involved in the movie and that the CEO would have to be Handsome Jack. So it ties the characters a little bit more tightly together, and it doesn't, like, beg for a sequel to be made, because there's a part of me that does not believe that they're going to make a Borderlands movie without incorporating Handsome Jack immediately. Right. I still have to play the first Borderlands mm -hmm. to really understand the impact of a Borderlands movie, I think because i'm it seems like they're starting at borderlands and not borderlands 2 and let's face it borderlands 2 is where i'm most familiar yeah but borderlands 2 is that more fully realized view of borderlands you're gonna play borderlands and go okay well i beat it and that's all there is really to that game um there's not really uh, interesting there's not the levels are all desert like it's all well, there's got to be a little bit of character intrigue there because i mean there's claptrap there's zed there's yes marcus now those eh. get fleshed out a little bit more yeah in 
they Borderlands don't, too. But they don't talk in Borderlands. Like that's the biggest issue. Like your characters do not talk in Borderlands. They did not add voice lines until Borderlands Two. There was okay. the world itself had character. The characters in it, not so much. Tannis is probably the funniest character in the first Borderlands. Okay, but there's still there's still character interaction, even if, even though it's all NPC. So the PCs aren't saying anything. It's all NPC. Yeah. Right. So that's where you're getting the majority of your story and the more majority of your yes detail and background yes. and everything. And that's essentially it. So I mean, um, but Tiny Tina is in the first Borderlands, correct? No, she's only in the second. Oh, she's only in the second one. Yeah, and if the if the plot follows that then that, that screams to me that they're going to incorporate elements of Borderlands 1 and 2 together to make the first movie. Because the first Borderlands game is about finding the vault. That's all it is. And and I think they could easily combine both of them to make a movie. It would have to be like a solid two, two-and-a-half-hour movie. But... They they really could combine it easily if they take the the approach that the it's it starts as a rescue mission for Tiny Tina. Whoops! Turns okay. out you know Tiny Tina's actually a siren, and that's why, you know, she was there in the first place. Something like that. You know what I mean? Or they incorporate it. But I digress. I mean, it's going to be bloody gory, which is the right right way to go. It if it has that Borderlands attitude, I don't see how they can go wrong, and. I don't set my expectations high for a video game movie anymore because video game movies aren't they're meant to be movies based on video games. Right. They are not meant to be movies of video games. That's why you watch cutscene, 8-hour cutscene videos on on YouTube. So, it's always open to to the artist's discretion of how they yeah. decide to put it together. So, um I think Eli Roth is a good choice because he's already very good at gore movies that's true i just i fear i fear a bit of the torture porn coming in to borderlands yeah there is a little of that in borderlands but i think he would have to cool his shit before that would actually like fly that's that's too. kind of the thing is that there's already a touch of it in borderlands and that's to be expected yeah but based on the limit, limited info I have of Eli Roth as a director, mm -hmm. I worry he'll go too big with that aspect. We'll have to see. But I mean, we'll wait and see. Because yeah. I mean, uh, of the movies that he's directed, I've seen Hostile. Mm -hmm. That's, oh, and the, the house with a clock in its walls. Oh. Okay, so he can he can tone it down. He can. Uh, he, also, he he was in um. What uh, Inglorious Bastards? Yeah, he was in Inglorious Bastards, but he's not listed as a director. He or knows. Even a producer. Nah, he was just an actor in it, but he knows how to be attached to good story. He knows how to be attached to the gore. I mean, I would be completely okay if this leaned Quentin Tarantino. 
this whole Borderlands movie. Frankly, Quentin Tarantino should be directing a Borderlands movie, if not Eli Roth. But uh, Quentin is so art house, uh, uh, abstract, fucking hardcore that I can't I can't imagine him doing Borderlands without walking off set throwing a hissy fit at some point or another you know yeah uh, for someone to go well the source material and for him to go well this is my movie so i'm gonna shoot it and with super wide 70 millimeter where's samuel jackson um <laughs> i could see that but i digress yeah. i think i think eli roth is a fresh enough face that he could do some 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 solid like solid work I, with it i think it kind of depends on his his familiarity and love for game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's definitely equipped to do it right. I just quite I, I'm questioning who the rest of the cast would be if he cast Kate Blanchett as Lilith. Well, let's do that right now. Then let's cast him. Let's cast him hard and let's good. Cast him. Yeah. Um, I think there's a first and most obvious option here. Um, for Handsome Jack. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. I I yeah that that works. That I tracks. I have to say it once. No one else will fit. No one else could play. I I don't want to see anyone else. If they cast Handsome Jack and it's not Ryan Reynolds, I will wait for Redbox. Mark my words. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't you don't have someone like Ryan Reynolds exist and then cast anyone else as Handsome Jack. That's not how that works. And Ryan Reynolds, all you got to do is ask. All you have to do is ask because he That's clearly true. he clearly loves being Deadpool and everything he does. And all he has to do is tone up the evil and boom, you've got Handsome Jack. Yeah. Boom. That's it. Can you see now that I've said Ryan Reynolds? Can you see anyone else in those fucking shoes as Handsome Jack? <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> it's hard, right? I, it's it's tough to come up with somebody else. Yeah, just because Handsome Jack is a hilarious, likable psychopath. Yes hilarious this is this is someone who would joke about you killing his daughter yes it's it's tough to come up with somebody who could fill that and not feel like you need a shower after yes but somehow the easy answer is still ryan reynolds Ryan Reynolds could definitely pull it off, but it's just he's such a sweet guy mm-hmm. that it's tough to imagine him joking about killing his daughter, about someone killing his daughter. Yeah, it's a it's a role, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, a lot of people do things that they're not entirely comfortable with for roles, doing things. Yeah, sometimes having and that I source material, you can you can reach in to to past events to get a better reaction on that as well. Yeah. So, there's that. Um, yeah. Brick. Mm. Brick? Oh, definitely uh, Dave Bautista. It's easy. It's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's 
nearly a no-brainer. If it's a non-speaking line, then you could technically go with the mountain. Um, that Swedish bodybuilder guy that's fucking huge. Um, yeah. That's an easy answer. And then there's... Uh, I still think Dave Bautista. I do, too. I can imagine calling everybody slab. Uh, yeah. Pretty, Pretty much. No, it would definitely have to be Dave Bautista. Uh, Mordecai. I would say a younger Danny Trejo, but... Yeah, right? That would be cool. He's kind of sly, too. He's kind of, like... He's kind of got that, hey, dudes, kind of, like, what's up vibe to him. And it sucks, because casting Uh, at this point is kind of based on stereotypes. Honestly, Justin Long, I think, could pull it off. Justin Long would be pretty interesting. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, Who else? Um... Tom Holland could probably do it. Tom Holland would be interesting. For sure. Uh, I like Tom Holland's a, a, definitely a, a cool pick. I could see uh, Robert Pattinson being a pretty cool Roland. I could see Robert Pattinson pulling off a handsome Jack as well. It would definitely be a departure from all the other roles he gets. Yeah. And I think that's why he would be able to pull it off reasonably well. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, new Latin actors that are, like, you know, like, suave, good-looking boys um, that also aren't, like, teeny boppers. You know what I mean? Uh, Just haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. And they're all very, like, specifically cast characters. Um, Whoa, who's that one guy? Oh, wait, hang on. I read uh, Diego Luna from Star Wars Rogue One. Could play pretty good Mordecai. Jay Hernandez. Oh. He played played Diablo in um, Suicide Squad. Oh, there's that. Uh, who's the knife guy in Umbrella Academy, too? The knife... Oh! Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Is it... Yeah, da- David Castaneda. Um, that one's good. I like, also... I just thought of one, but I also immediately forgot, so that makes me upset. No, he's... Uh, Robert Jay Hernandez was... Jay Hernandez was also the lead in Hostel, so maybe yes. that's a little too on the nose. Robert Sheehan. Robert Sheehan. Could also play a good, because with the long hair, I could see Robert Sheehan. He's number four from Umbrella Academy, too. He's the funny oh, okay. one. The really funny one that sees ghosts. Yeah, yeah, Klaus. Yes, Klaus. Thank you. Yeah. Mm... So, obvious next is Tiny Tina. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Daphne Keene in that role. Let her cut loose a little bit. Um, Eleven would be pretty decent. Oh, shit. Yeah, Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown, yeah. Millie Bobby Brown would probably be a good good pick because she can go to some like extreme places, you know. And she can rap. 
She can definitely rap. So it'd be fun to hear her write a rap. No, you're her, you're right. About her rockets with the massive badongadongs. Yes. Now, I've got another one for you. Uh, Mad Moxie. What are you guys doing? I hear you, cats. Stop. You already know what I'm going to say for Mad Moxie. Stop. Stop it. Stop. Stop doing that. No one, ca no one cares. No one cares about you. I don't think you're cool. Or your attitude and what you're doing. So, keep. You want to go to the pound? You want to go road trip to the pound? Huh? Can you can you can you spell can you spell euthanasia for me? Wow! Wow! Can you spell euthanasia? Maybe you Didn't think so. Jack. Didn't think so. Um. I probably would make a good handsome Jack. Uh, <clears throat> you said okay for Mad Moxie. You said I know. Yeah, you already know who I'd pick for Mad Moxie. Christina Hendricks. Oh yeah, that's such a clear, blatant cat. Oh yeah. Well, because I think she. No, I can't see anyone as her now. I I think she would be able to swing perfectly from hillbilly to sultry seductress. You're not wrong. She has the figure. You are not wrong. She, I, I think that she would be the best, most seamless choice. Flawless victory. Definitely flawless victory. Tannis. 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 There's your Kate Blanchett. Yeah, right? Oh, jeez. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Uh, uh, I we'll guess shift it, her over to tennis. Okay, yeah. it's all right. Yeah, basically, I could see another kind of like comedian character for for Tannis, easy. Um, but uh, suddenly that I'm thinking comedy, I could see um, Larry the Cable Guy as Scooter. I could see that. Just because, why not? Um, and then I could see Rebel Wilson as Ellie. Yeah. Hardcore. Or Melissa McCarthy. Or Melissa McCarthy, yeah. Actually, Melissa McCarthy would also nail that one. <clears throat> Which is uh, pretty awesome. Um, do you, do you... <coughs> we didn't do Roland yet. Roland, I would probably go with a rock. Probably. You're not wrong there. I mean, just physique plus the acting chops. Mm -hmm. I mean, action star. True. And if they killed him halfway through, that would be impressive. Yeah. That would be very impressive. Um,. To be like, yeah, we have The Rock, but he doesn't make this movie, so right, get over it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think about what, what what furthermore could really apply. Um, Bruce Willis as Doctor Zed. Oh, geez, that's a good one. Um, if it, if Robin Williams was alive, he would be the perfect cameo for Earl. 
perfect. Just to sit behind that wall. <laughs> what you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Roland, Mordecai, who... I had a list of characters here, but I kind of backed out of it. Just because... Um, no. It sucks, but I want to say the only... Uh, uh, I don't even want to start casting the second the second game characters. I don't. As much as I... I would have picked Olivia Cook for the uh, <clears throat> for uh, Lilith over Kate Blanchett. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, who's gonna voice Claptrap? I think they could just get the original voice. That would be pretty cool, except they changed the voice actor going into the third one. Yeah. Exactly. That's my... Exactly. Go back to the original. Especially if he makes meta references to them changing it for the third game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean... Because trap get away with those references pretty much if you had to cast star power what would you do because i think josh gad is an easy choice olaf the snowman as claptrap the robot yep he could do it easy easy peasy I feel like I'm too tired right now to like. You know what I think would be awesome? What? Anthony Daniels. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is somehow at the same time the best answer and the worst answer. CL4P? Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, I think that's enough. <laughs> enjoy it my friend enjoy it come on that one's amazing this has been a video games eccentric uh episode of excitement incorporated thank you for joining us for this hour and a half of of, of spitball and video games ideas casting a borderlands movie we're tired oh, yeah. we're tired it's getting late it is we're We've signing been after out this a while i'm daniel i'm rich thanks for joining us go listen to the movies episode now and when Daniel met Rich. And play Borderlands. I'm going to hit the record button.